Forefront with Adam and Christina Hannon. Hello, you are listening to Forefront. This is Adam and Christina Hannon. We've been married for 17 years. We have four kids. And in this podcast, we usually ask each other three marriage check-in questions. What's something that's brought you joy this week? What's something that's been hard this week? And what's something that's been on the forefront of your mind? And if this is your first episode of Forefront, maybe you heard about us on the Unfolding Podcast, we just want to say welcome. We were so honored to be able to share our story over on the Unfolding with Meredith, and welcome to anyone who is new to Forefront. Also, part of this podcast, our aim is to encourage you to have better communication with your spouse talk about things, ask questions on a regular basis, and help that to launch into stories of adventure and friendship in your marriage. Yeah, this is really just a time where Adam and I check in with each other. And so we invite you to eavesdrop in as we, you know, just touch base and and share our experiences of friendship and adventure in marriage. So you want to go first this week? Yeah, I would love to. All right. What's something that's brought you joy recently? I got a really cool assignment at work this week where I get to write a list and a brief description of the attributes of God. So we're working on this Jonah study that we're going to do over the summer for the women in our church. And so as people are studying God's word, they can see, oh, in this passage that I've studied today, I saw I saw how God is merciful, or I saw how God is gracious, or I saw how God is present everywhere or always working. I mean, even in the smallest details. And so it's been really great to spend intentional time thinking about who God is and taking words that typically historically have been used to describe God, like omnipotent and (laughs) imminent and all these words that aren't common in language today and rephrase them. How would I describe God? And I love how you brought it into our family, too. We were at dinner one night, and you asked everybody, the kids, what are some attributes of God? Now, I didn't know you you were working on this project yet, but to hear them chime into the conversation has been awesome. So the conversation around the house, what is God like? Who is God? How do we characterize the attributes of God? That's been really rich in our home. Yeah, it was great. It was a really fun exercise because I started without looking at any sort of baseline. You know, there's millions of lists. I mean, you Google attributes of God and every, you know, everybody has a list. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to start from the basis of what is what is my understanding? Um, you know, how do I think of God? And so I started with that and then I started asking the kids. And it was cool how they had thought of things like the first things on their mind were things that I hadn't even written on my list yet. And they're not using big words like omniscient. They're saying like, he's big. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, that's been um, really fun this week. How about, how about you? What's something that brought you joy this week? We went on a family road trip. It mm-hmm. was awesome. Driving all the way from Iowa to Virginia. We road trip, I think, pretty uniquely. We started, we hit the road when I got off of work at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday, and we kept driving and driving until we hit Washington, D.C. by breakfast time. Yep. Drove all night. 
18 hours in a minivan. <laughs> we stopped for bathrooms and, and gas stations, but that was it. Yeah. I love it. So the trip was amazing. But here's something that brought me joy. Okay. The audiobook that we listened to on the way and on the way back. Mm-hmm. We're listening to, again, because it's one of our family's favorites, it's called The Wingfeather Saga. There are four books in this series. It was actually written by a musician, Andrew Peterson. He's got some great songs, but this four-book series on The Wingfeather Saga, so, so, so good. I can't stress it enough. Like, I love this. It was written for, like, what? Young teens, I think. Oh, yeah. I would put it in the, I mean, 11, 12, 13 range. Janner, the main character, is how old in the story? He's 12. 12, yeah. yeah. I remember he celebrates his 13th birthday in the series. But. So I would say that 12-year-old um, age range, like, that's the prime target. Like, you have these young boys who are growing into men, and they have this desire for virtue and adventure, Mm-hmm. Well, call me a 12-year-old because it's my favorite book <laughs> series. It's so good. It's one of mine, too. I can't read it without crying. Oh, it's so In the good. last book, we don't want to give it away, but it's so good. And to see <laughs> attributes of God portrayed in a very creative storytelling, it's it's so good. So Andrew Peterson, The Wingfeather Saga, it's worth checking out. Mm. It's funny, you know, driving all night long. I typically take the overnight part like you you typically wake up around three I usually wake you up around 3 a.m and and you start driving for me at that point but until then it's my shift and I look forward to this all year yeah like this middle of the night drive because we'll listen to the book until the kids start falling asleep Mm -hmm. and then they'll say can we turn off the book and then that's when the party starts. What? what you party? don't know because you were sleeping. <laughs> what What kind of party? It's my favorite time of the year. I just crank the worship music. Yeah. And it's a dark sky. All the stars are out. Nobody's awake except me. And I sing at the top of my lungs and just worship. Just mm. praise and worship for hours. And it's my favorite. It's my favorite. Except this year, somebody was awake in the back seat and they were singing along. No way. Oh, it was beautiful. Oh. So I loved it. It was so good. Hmm. But yep. I'm glad you got some rest. Yep. <laughs> More family road trips. Awesome. Yes. All right, so shifting gears a little bit, what's something that's been hard for you recently? I have a, a confession. Hmm. I'm quitting. I'm quitting the push-up challenge. The push-up challenge. So this is something we <laughs> talked about a few weeks ago on Forefront, where we decided that we would be doing push-ups for every age of our, for every year of our age. Yeah, so, so you're 40. So, so I'm you... doing 40 push-ups a day. Yep. And I'm not 40, but I decided I would start with 40. Yep. Because then when I turn 40, it wouldn't be hard. (laughs) But you're quitting it. I'm quitting it. And to be fair, I've given it a good run. I mean, we started this at Christmas. Yeah, we did. Yep. So it's not like I'm just quitting the next day. Right. I just don't like push-ups. Is that it? 
I don't enjoy them. And so I thought, certainly, if I do 40 push-ups a day, I'll get better at them. Mm -hmm. So then I'll enjoy them. No, I just don't enjoy push-ups. I don't like <laughs> I don't like them at all. And it's become like this, oh, like I don't want to do it. So then I don't want to get up and I don't want to work out at all because I don't want to do the push-ups. Where before, I loved working out. That was one of my favorite parts of the day. Yep. But now it's just been polluted by these <laughs> push-ups. So. Polluted by so I figured, like, what what's the aim? The aim is that, you know, we go into our future and we're trying to be healthy. We're trying to, you know, be mindfully, um, you know, working toward toward health and fitness because because, you know, that's what we want for our future. But if I stop loving exercise then I'm not accomplishing that goal. Yeah, I might be doing 40 push-ups, but I don't love it anymore. So I figure it's probably better that I am happy and enjoy my time. Yeah, well, here's the difference. Like, you're not just stopping. You're stopping the push-up challenge. You're not stopping fitness. Like, right. you're still exercising. You're just doing a more joyful exercise and cutting the stuff that doesn't bring you joy mm -hmm. in your daily exercise routine. Yeah. So I have started a different challenge and it's a secret. I'm not going to share it. Oh, no. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I will probably always continue doing some sort of fitness because I do love it as long as it's not push-ups. But what's been funny is ever since I decided I think I'm quitting the push-up challenge, Yeah. every single workout video that I've done has included at least 40 push-ups. Ah, yes! If not more. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it's like what is this but i didn't see them coming so i wasn't begrudging them it you were just, dreading the morning right, workout they were just surprise push-ups and i was surprise. like well whatever i i just wanted to tell you because yes i'm quitting the push-up challenge but no i'm not quitting my pursuit of health and fitness. And I think that's important for you to know because I think any spouse, like I I want to show up as my healthiest self for you. Mm. And I want you to be healthy, you know, going into our future together. Like this is something that I think we both value. And so I just want you to know, like I still value it. I still want, you know, as as good of a future as we can provide for ourselves. <laughs> Can I tell you, though, that that reminds me of one of my favorite jokes? Uh-oh. I'm not going to tell it to you. I'm going to teach it to you. You ready? <laughs> You're going to use this. I don't know. So you go to a friend and you say, hey, I'm doing the push-up challenge. They say, the push-up challenge? You say, yeah, I'm on day 14 of the push-up challenge. They say, really? You say, yep, and the orange ones are delicious. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. What's up, Doug? <laughs> this is the best. We have teenagers, and they're using that joke. They think it's new. It's not new. <laughs> What's up, Doug? Nothing. What's wrong with you? That's not new. I'm not going to use that joke. <laughs> Just so we're clear. I'm not doing push-ups, and I'm not using that joke. <laughs> That's fair.
Oh, <laughs> what's been hard for you? <laughs> so we were on this vacation. We did so many amazing things. One of my favorite things that we did on vacation was play volleyball together as a family. Wasn't that fun? Um, <laughs> you're asking the girl who totally tripped over the side barrier, made the biggest fool of herself ever. Look at to that the effort, point... <laughs> though. You dove for that ball. The 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 groundskeeper came over and he's like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I'm okay. So, yeah, we had a great time. Yeah, that was fun. This past year has been a struggle for me to connect with our teenage daughter. Mm, mm-hmm. It's it's been it's been a challenge. It's been hard. But we got to the volleyball court and when we were about to pick teams, she speaks first and she yells, "Dad's on my team." Oh, that's good. It was just the two of us against everybody. And I was so honored. I even asked her, hey, why'd you pick me? She said, because you've played volleyball before and I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to ruin this. I don't want to mess this up. Here's this opportunity to bond with my daughter. This is a rare opportunity. I don't want to blow it. We are totally winning this game. And we did. 21-0. Sorry if uh, <laughs> against little intense. everyone. <laughs> I never claimed to be good at volleyball, so <laughs> that's all right. But here's why it was hard. I haven't played volleyball in a long time. Mm. A long time. And I was diving for everything because <laughs> I want to <laughs> win this. And you did. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was impressive. But my 40-year-old body was saying, whoa there. <laughs> You've been spending too much time on push-ups. Yeah. Not enough on volleyball. <laughs> so that was hard for me. Totally worth it. The mm. hard things are sometimes worth it. Yeah. That was one of the highlights of our trip. It was. I mean, that's funny. Coming back from Washington, D.C., Colonial Williamsburg, and mm-hmm. people say, what was, you know, what did you do on your trip? And we're like, volleyball. Volleyball. <laughs> yeah, we played volleyball. <laughs> So many amazing things, though. All right. So what's been on the forefront of your mind? Well, like I said, we were in Colonial Williamsburg. And part of the experience there is going around to all these trade shops, I guess I would call them. Like you get to go and see the blacksmith and you get to see the weaver. And everybody's dressed in character. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. And so they're describing to you their trade. And man... That weaver shop. You loved that. That was impressive. Mm. So they had the loom. So you got to see them weaving cloth. But then they also had the spinning wheel. So you got to see them spinning the yarn that they would use on the loom to weave the cloth, right? I had no idea how much time this took. Like, I think in my mind, you know, like, yeah, obviously it takes time, right? Oh, man. So they were describing. um, She gave the example of George Washington. And she said, you know, George Washington always had someone spinning at the wheel at his home. He always wanted to. He was always employing somebody to be on that spinning wheel around the clock. Because he knew how valuable it was. So, for example, one of the ships that they would have used in the Revolutionary War, the sails on that sort of ship would have taken like 16,000 square feet of fabric 
Okay. Wow. Now you and I can just go to the store and, you know, buy fabric at will. But they had to weave all of that fabric. And not only that, but like the weaving process alone is crazy. But then in order to weave the fabric, it takes 10 times as much time to spin the fibers so that you have something to weave. So if you backtrack, you know, all the processes to make the sails for one of these ships, it would take a working person 40 years. Ooh. 40 years if they were working 12 hours a day just to make the sails for one ship. For one ship. One ship. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. So he knew, he saw the value. Like, we can't win wars without ships. And we can't have ships without sails. And we can't have sails without somebody doing this work of this spinning this diligent spinning. And you think about, you know, even the example in the Bible that we always hear about the the Proverbs 31 woman and how her household is so well clothed, you know, but I never stopped to think about how many hours of the day was somebody at the spinning wheel. Hmm. I guess it goes back to that Joe Frazier quote that we've already talked about on the podcast before. But you know, if you cheat in the dark of the morning you're going to be found out in the bright lights of the night the crazy thing is that it's been going through my head like that finding nemo like just keep spinning just keep spinning (laughs) so yeah just imagining myself in all these mundane tasks and seeing the importance of them how about you what's been on the forefront of your mind Earlier this week, we got to go to a birthday party. There's a woman in our church who was celebrating her 60th birthday, and it was a surprise party. So everybody who showed up was given by the host a little printout of a Bible verse. It's like, what's this? You'll find out. (laughs) So when it was party time and the birthday girl was there and surprised and happy, we went around the room and each printout had a number on them. So who's got number one? Here's what we're going to do. You read your verse when it's your turn. You read the verse that's on your paper, and then you pray that verse or something like that over the birthday girl. Well, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. There's like a dozen people there, which is great. So you have 12 people who are going around the room reading a Bible verse. Mine was from Psalm 118. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So being able to pray a blessing over this woman and pray that um, and just thank God for creating this day, for creating this woman and being able to celebrate her was really, it was really special. Everybody had a different verse. Everybody prayed something really cool. And doesn't that bring a lot more meaning to a birthday? Oh, yeah. That's an epic way to celebrate a birthday. Yeah. I mean, the cake was fantastic. But it's more than just, hey, thanks for eating cake with me on my birthday. You can only imagine how much more special you feel when everybody prays over you. Right. Thanks for entreating God's blessing over me. <laughs> like, Oh, man. That's a great gift. I want to incorporate that into our family. Mm. And we have a birthday in our family next week. That's you. It's me. And guess who's not doing an extra push up? <laughs> I will be praying for you. <laughs> <laughs> but 
this has been Forefront with Adam and Christina Hannon. Thank you so much for listening and joining us. You can find more at ForefrontPodcast.com. Forefront is a production of Northwestern Media.